0: From the Rose Garden is brought to you by game Time, your new go-to app for the best deals on last-minute tickets. Did you know NBA ticket prices tend to drop right before the game starts? GameTime tracks prices in real time from thousands of trusted sellers, then shows you all the best last-minute deals with prices up to 60% off. More than 12 million fans have downloaded the GameTime app and discovered the fastest, easiest way to get into the game. The app is super simple to use, quick and easy to navigate, and it only takes two taps to check out. So, head to the App Store or Play Store and download Game Time and score awesome deals on last minute tickets. Welcome to From the Rose Garden. I am one of your hosts, Dave DeFord, joined as always by my guy Jason Quick. Well, I got to see you the other night, although I was sick. Jason, how are you? I'm doing well, David. Yeah, it was it was good to see you, uh, despite the fact that I was miserable. Uh, You know what,
1: though, the whole time since I've seen you, I've been so nervous that I'm going to get your sickness. It's like every little cough, or if I'm feeling achy, I'm like, God dang it, Dave. I
0: think I think you're fine. I All think right. you're fine. I mean, my wife didn't catch it. Nobody, I don't know what it is. It was like some mystery illness. Hopefully I, I wake up sometime next week with some sort of superpower. That would be really nice uh, because I definitely <laughs> suffered for like two days. And producing today's show, Sasha Ashaw. All right. So today's episode, kind of a special episode. We're going to try to do these on a regular basis. We uh, took questions on Twitter. So a little uh, Jason Quick. Q and A is going to happen today. A few of these questions are actually like career questions, which I think is is really interesting. I want to start with one of those since you're an old guy, Jason yes, compared to the early days, how has the emergence of personal technology affected how teams bond and how has it affected the locker room dynamics uh, in particular on road trips? yeah, that's an interesting
1: question, and I think definitely it has cut down on The communication within the locker room, because you just see guys on their phone or on an iPad all the time now. There's less dialogue. I remember those teams in the mid-2000s with Brandon Roy and LaMarcus Aldridge, Travis Outlaw. Those guys would hang pregame in the locker room and just riff and talk about what movie they've seen, uh, what girl they were dating. A game last night and it was really cool to kind of sit in there and they they kind of allowed me in that circle and it was neat to hear them interact like that they just seemed like a, a bunch of high school kids on a bus going to a game I don't know if they would have that now because of all the technology and also you know the first teams that I covered the Rasheed Wallace, Scotty Pippen, Dale Davis, Sean Kemp that was a much older group, and it was, you know, 1998, 1999, 2000. And there certainly wasn't social media like it is today. But those guys were a little more to themselves and a little more, uh, I don't know, just older. But that's not to say that this group now with Dame and CJ and, and the rest of the guys, that they don't interact. They do. But it's, you know, you come in after the game and everyone's checking their phone looking at highlights, checking their messages. There's probably about a 10 or 15 minute window where those guys kind of decompress by checking in with family and looking at what people are saying about them. And then they kind of start interacting a little bit. So I think it's cut down a little bit, but I I still think these guys are able to chat with each other.
0: So kind of like life for everybody else. Probably, yeah. Uh Right? Yeah, I I bet these guys are, are sitting on the plane watching Netflix on their own instead of watching movies you know i i think the team
1: actually has a lot of interaction on the plane a lot of the guys watch the game film that they just played and i know in particular damian lillard is is kind of well known for summoning guys up to his seat and saying let's go over this let's how can i get you more involved in a game he famously did that with maurice harkless a couple years ago when maurice was kind of scuffling and Feeling kind of lost in the system, and Dame did that, uh, and I, I still think he does that with, with other players now.
0: Uh, that question was from PDX Tim A, which I guess is a South Park uh, tribute of some sort. From at birdie nineteenth hole, who are your favorite all time players to interview? I, I'll limit you to three because I'm sure you could probably name like ten that you really loved, but but who are your three favorite? players to interview and then please give me good stories
1: yeah i think there's a pretty clear-cut three and for a while number one was brandon roy uh we just had a great chemistry together because he understood the way i like to report you know i like to get the details of the scene what he was wearing what the weather was like people's reactions we kind of he he just knew what I wanted and so he would expound on that and it it was really fun and it, he was really open and it made covering that team uh, that era a lot of fun but I got to say right now that my favorite is Dame and, and it's weird because Dame and I have a weird relationship where I'm not so sure that he necessarily likes me which is fine but I know he respects me and he he gives me great stuff it, it's just it's, it's such a solid professional relationship he is so enlightening and he is so thoughtful to any question you give him and and another thing uh, is he is so accommodating and the best thing about him is when a national big time national writer comes in he treats all of us locals better than the big time national guys you see in in all my years covering anytime a big national guy would come in you know they would kind of ignore us and give all their attention to the national guy and dame always takes care of the local guys first i I just think that's really cool he's incredibly loyal to all of us who cover the blazers and I, i think that's very reflective of of his character but the first guy who i really got close to and who really helped me Uh, as a young pup in covering and how to cover a team was Damon Stoudemire. I remember when I, when I first started covering the NBA, you know, I was coming from covering college hoops and college football and high school sports and every game meant so much in that. So I was covering every blazer game. Like it was game seven of the NBA finals. And he pulled me aside and said, dude, you're going to wear guys out making a big deal about every game. And uh, it's not going to fly in here. And so it was was little stuff like that. And he kind of taught me the game and it taught me about a pro's mindset and and how you handle things and how their bodies would react at certain times. And then also, I, I will always remember this. As we were kind of developing this rapport, I asked him, Give me some advice. How, how can I be better at my job? And he said, man, you know what? The number one thing you can do is have good breath. Man, a lot of you guys come in our <laughs> locker room and you just have bad breath. And that bugs us. It's the so, coffee. Yeah, exactly. And so I've always made it a habit to have gum in my work bag. man. And when I, when I go to the postgame locker room uh, after a game, I plop in some gum. Just because I don't want to be, you know, knocking some guy out with my uh, with my bad breath. So I always remember that. And I always thought that was so funny of Damon to say that it was especially important for me at the time, because when I first broke in, I was a heavy chewer of Copenhagen tobacco. Wow. It was kind of a crutch for me. I couldn't write unless I had a dip in. And uh, so I was always dipping. And I, I finally quit in 2008. Just cold turkey, but so I'm sure I, I was probably uh guilty of, of having some stanky breath at times uh,
0: in that locker room. I'm glad that you discovered gum and quit the dip. That's yeah, those two good things to come from Damon Stottermeyer there. Yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna give him credit for the dip too. Uh what's your approach to win the trust of players? Uh especially new guys that that you know they don't know you, right? Because you don't cover them. Right. In particular, you you were able to get a lot from Kent Bazemore, and he's just got there. You guys didn't really have a relationship beforehand. This is from at Blazers France. They really want to know what your process is when you're, you know, trying to get to know these new guys. In particular,
1: yeah, that's I. It's a hard thing to put my finger on,
0: but the first thing
1: I think is, and I think a lot of reporters, especially young reporters get so locked into having a set of questions they ask and they're, they're not listening to the athlete or or the subject speak. And with Kent, you know, he was up there at media day on the podium and he talked about coming from a dark place in Atlanta. And, you know, instantly my ears kind of perked up. And so I pulled him off to the side and asked him about, describe what that dark place was. And then we talked and then, and this is a great thing about working for the athletic that I really enjoy is that I have the freedom to go back. And I think I interviewed him probably five times for 15, 20, sometimes 30 minutes each time. And I was able to, you know, Hey, you said this last time, can you maybe explain that a little further? I'm not clear on this. Whereas before with my other jobs at newspapers, there's such a pressure to produce on a daily basis. So. You have one interview and you got to crank something out off of that interview. And with the athletic, I'm able to go deeper and to peel back more layers. But I don't know that I have a secret to earn their trust. I, I think I just I'm not afraid to ask personal questions. And I I always kind of, you know, say, hey, if you're not comfortable answering this, that's fine. But what happened with your marriage there? Why did it why did it go bad? So, Something like that, you know. But also, I, I think these guys are so bored by the mundane questions of a day-to-day NBA season, and I think a lot of these guys enjoy going deeper and talking. Like I think Kent really wanted; it was therapeutic for him almost to relive what he went through in Atlanta and with his wife and with his uh, mother-in-law. So. I don't know. It's a roundabout question there's no set or it's a roundabout answer to that question. But I think guys get a sense of if you're sincere, if you're trying to write, tell their story. And I think guys appreciate you coming at a personal angle rather than, um, you know, boring them with what was the the key moment in the third quarter. or What are
0: your goals this season? That type of stuff. Players are people, too. (laughs) And yeah, I think that gets lost a lot and they deal with a lot of people on a regular basis that only want stuff from them and you know like part of our job when we're talking to these guys is certainly to get stuff from them but they should feel like they're going to I not that they're going to benefit necessarily by giving us this info but that we're at least going to be good caretakers of it if that makes sense. Yeah, definitely. And and also it, it I, you know right? what? How about this? You're not a dick. That helps. <laughs> right? Like, you're good with people. Like, I, for yeah. everybody uh, listening that doesn't know Jason, Jason's awesome. He's a great guy. <laughs> I, I, I Like, I can totally understand why these players open up to him. Yeah.
1: You know, sometimes I don't feel like uh all that well liked. <laughs> but, uh, you know, that's just, I think, being there day to day for however long an NBA season is, uh, you're bound to to bug people. But I, 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 think I mean, it, yeah, it, it it matters being there every day. I, sure. I think there's an the inherent trust on that. And then also, I think once guys, even though they say they don't read, they know if you're killing them or if you're being shady or whatever. And I think they develop a, a trust once they know that, okay, you're not an asshole, you know?
0: Yeah, they want to be treated fairly. right? And, and most players, when they get ripped, if you rip them for something that, is is worth being ripped for they understand it it's part of the yeah. job right but if you're just ripping them unnecessarily that's when it you know that gets to be a problem but you know that's not that's not your uh that's not your game that's my game no i'm just kidding <laughs>
1: uh all right i had a great upbringing you know my first teams that i covered i had to deal with Rashid wallace bonzi wells stacy Ogman, uh sean kemp those were some pretty Harsh personalities, and they had zero problem coming at you. And, and I think that's why Damon uh, pulled me aside is because he could see that I was ruffling feathers, and it probably wasn't the right tone to take at that time. You know, I mean, I, I've had some pretty famous blow ups with Scotty Pippen and Rashid, and guys had to escort me out of the locker room. Steve Kerr got in between Rashid charging at me in the San Antonio locker room. So it, it I haven't always been Guy's favorite guy, but that's just part of the job. Is, uh, sometimes guys aren't going to like it.
0: And I can't wait to uh, have Rasheed Wallace on the podcast. <clears throat> Good luck. <laughs> Good luck. Rasheed Wallace might not like Jason Quick, but I bet he loves DoorDash. Ordering is easy. Opening the, open the DoorDash app, choose what you want to eat, and your food is delivered to you wherever you are. Right now, our listeners can get $5 off their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter the promo code BLAZERS. That's $5 off your first order when you download the DoorDash app from the App Store and enter the promo code BLAZERS. All right, next question is from at rbolds34 on Twitter. I don't know if that is supposed to be an abbreviation for something or something like that. But anyway, uh do you think loyalty can hinder or does it help a player's legacy? Oh, I think it helps.
1: I think the guys who stay in one city for their entire careers are always become legends, you know, John Stockton, George Brett in baseball, Larry Bird. Those guys uh become iconic to that that team and that community. So I assume he's making a veiled reference at at Damian Lillard. And I think probably I think Dame is is certainly on track to become the greatest trailblazer of all time. And is he not
0: already? No, I I think
1: Clyde has the better stats and Bill and Bill Walton has the championship. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, was the, the MVP of the league and MVP of the NBA finals but he's he's on track. Dame is doing the things. I think Dame has made the biggest impact within the community and he has been the best ambassador for the franchise that the franchise has ever had. You know, if he stays throughout the the length of this contract, I think he'll be the longest tenured Blazer of all time and I think he'll he'll break all of Clyde's records. So the only question is going to be if, if he wins an NBA title and right. And, so. Well, let's
0: extrapolate this a little bit, and and just consider just Dame's legacy, like as an NBA player, not just as a Blazer. Does it hurt him that he's not, you know, maybe trying to go to LA and play with LeBron, where he have a really yeah. good shot at a title? I don't know, and in, in whose eyes, you know? See, and that that's that, what it all boils down to. It's all public perception. So, because there yeah. there will be people that will give him credit for going to try to win a ring, and then there will be people that will knock him.
1: Yeah, I, I think I think the only opinion that matters is his, you know, how he views himself and how he views his uh, legacy. If if his legacy is absolutely based on winning a title, then he can be justified in leaving Portland and, and trying to chase a title. But personally, I, I think it's very important to him to win a title, but I don't think it's everything. And, and last year I did a story on him. Explaining this, that he realizes that he has a chance to make a really big impact in this community. He's already done it just with all of his programs in the high school. He goes into North Portland and has relationships with kids in the neighborhood uh, where he gets his haircut. You know, he, he's making an impact, not only in the state, but in the region. He, he is so beloved here. So, and I think he realizes that and that that is on par if not more important to him than than winning a championship. And and winning a championship is very, very important. It's it's his it's his drive, but he yeah. realizes that life is bigger than basketball.
0: Wow. Uh we've got a good follow up question just happened to work out this way from at Northwest Jeff. Can Damian Lillard be the best player on the championship team? Well I happen course. to think so. You know I, I think yeah. he's like a top ten, top twelve player and I think definitely could be the best player on a championship team.
1: Yeah, there's no question. I, I think he is one of the elite players right now in the entire NBA. As we've seen in this first five games of this NBA season, there's not many players who are better in the clutch than Damian Lillard. I mean, he has carried this team in the fourth quarter this season. Uh, you know, obviously, he had 18 in that game uh, that you watched in San Antonio. Nearly sent it to overtime with that last shot. You know, last night he hit three threes in the fourth quarter. This year in the fourth quarter, he's shooting 58% from the field and averaging 12.5 points in the
0: quarter, averaging. I, I said three. last night that they need, to just, they need to have a Lillard fourth quarter alert on the yeah. league pass app.
1: And, and it's amazing. Well, you saw it, Dave. I mean, in the San Antonio game, he was 3 of 19 yeah. in the fourth quarter, and then, boom, he goes off. Last night in Oklahoma City, I, I think he was 4 of 15. And then, boom, when the game's on the line, three consecutive threes. And it, it's just game-changing. I mean, he he wills that team to victories. And he has done it year after year after year. So I, I'm incredibly biased because I'm lucky enough to watch him every day or every game. And there's not not much that he that he could do that would surprise me because I, I've seen him do so many great things. So yes, he can be the best player on a championship team. No
0: question. Yeah. I think that for sure. That's, that's a definite yes. Now the the question is, can they just get more help? Feels like they're a little snake bitten with the injuries. I mean, obviously Nurkic last year and now Zach Collins this year who started well, out so well,
1: I think they can be set up to improve this off season they, they could have as much as 18 to 20 million dollars in free agency and they'll have Nurkic coming back theoretically at you know full health next year so that's a pretty good trio to start with dame cj and nurk and then you know you're talking about zach collins as a up-and-coming young guy Anthony simons is a up-and-coming young guy if they can spend that 18 to 20 and get a really nice wing or another nice big, then I think you, you know, you can put them in that conversation.
0: Yeah, I mean, Basemore and Hood have been pretty good early on in the season for them. Yeah, you know, maybe those are guys that'll take discounts to come back to keep playing with Dame. You know, you build continuity that way. I, you know, this is how good teams compete for titles. You know, like not everyone can go out and get a Kevin Durant. Right, and and I think that's the biggest
1: thing that has happened in the last one or two years is that Portland's culture is starting to be known and accepted around the league. Players are taking notice that, hey, what they have going there is pretty special. I want to be a part of that. And they saw that with all these players who they tried to get before are now coming and signing with them or uh, pushing their teams to trade them. Whiteside, Baysmore, they both told their teams that, hey, we'd like to be at Portland. Saul he was uh, a free agent recruit years ago. Now he chose to come here for less money. Uh, same thing with Hazonia. He chose New York a year ago, and now he says, no, I want to go to Portland. I like what they have. So I think the needle's starting to turn where Portland, I'm not going to say they're a destination market like the Lakers uh, or Miami or you know one of those type of teams, but I think they're an attractive alternative for free agents now
0: well uh i think that just about does it for this week you got anything you want to you want to add or plug uh
1: i wrote today about an important event that happened on this road trip uh the blazers beat oklahoma city last night but i think the thing they're going to remember is not that game but what happened the night before that game Pau gasol invited everyone to a players only dinner and every player showed up. They went to a steakhouse in Oklahoma City. And Powell wanted everyone to, because there's six new players on this team, he wanted everyone to, to get to know each other and hang out with each other more off the court and start developing those bonds. And, boy, I talked to just about every guy on the team, and, and they were all raved about what a great time they had, how they learned new things about uh, their teammates and how they gained a certain level of respect for the, the journeys that they've taken and, and what they've overcome and an appreciation of just the people they are. So, uh, it, it's in today's athletic. I, I think you'll enjoy it. There's some funny parts with Hassan Whiteside kind of trying to convince people of a, that he has hops by showing a, a picture <laughs> that that looks doctored. Uh, and Hassan was kind enough to, uh, Text me the picture, and uh, we published it so you can <laughs> s- see for yourself if the picture's doctored or not. But
0: uh, That's perfect.
1: It, it's not unique for NBA teams to go out and have a team dinner throughout the course of the year uh, with just the players, but I think it's unique to happen this early in the season, uh, after four games, before the fifth game. And a lot of the veterans said that that, you know, this is different, doing it this early. And I I think it was a really important and smart step taken by Pau Gasol. And I I think it's really going to kind of get the ball rolling and and get that chemistry and cohesion going early for this team. Because that was one of the big question marks for the Blazers going into the season was, you know, are they going to miss all that cohesion and closeness that they had with the previous group? You know, there was seven guys who left the team. Uh, either in free agency or trades. So uh, a lot of new faces. And I, I just think that's going to be a day. They remember when we're talking about this team in the playoffs, uh, they're, they're going to remember that day or that night in Oklahoma city when they started to come together.
0: And you can catch that over at the athletic. And if you still haven't subscribed, go to the athletic.com slash from the Rose garden and save 40% off a year subscription. Uh, helps us out, too, because it means that you're listening to the show and that you like it enough that you wanted to subscribe. Also, give us a rating and a review on iTunes because, hey, that's going to help us, too. If you like the show, please let us know. If you don't, uh, you know, save the opinion. Don't don't give us a bad <laughs> review for for Jason, for Sasha. I'm Dave DeFour. and uh, we'll be back next week with more from the Rose Garden.